Hello, my name is McLean Perret, and welcome to Mind Floss. Today's episode is sponsored by March Mammal Madness. Start choosing your winners. Check out the blog to learn more about this year's tournament at www.marchmammalsuck.blogspot.com slash 2020 slash 02 March dash mammal dash madness dash 2020.html.com. Go Tayrise and Caspian Field. and we are going to discuss and analyze the play Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm fabulous. <laughs> Would you mind introducing the play for us? Uh, sure. Um, so Waiting for Godot, um, it begins with Estragon talking to Vladimir about um, Godot. And so all throughout the play, we have no idea who Godot is. We don't know when Godot will appear or if he even exists. That's one of, like, um, the main points of the story. So uh, throughout the play, um, Estragon and Vladimir meet various, not various, two specific characters. Or, yeah, two specific characters. Um, I... I can't exactly remember their names. Um, wasn't one of them? Crap, I can't remember his name. It's Pozo and Lucky. Yes, Pozo and Lucky. Um, Vladimir and Estragon meet them, and they have this peculiar conversation with both of them at some point in time. But everything all ties back to Godot. And like I said before, we have no idea who Godot is. We don't know anything about him. So it's just, in a way, the entire play is interlinked and intertwined all together, and it just leads back to the same question. Who is Godot? Where is Godot? So it's a very interesting, um, it's a very interesting play, and one that I did actually enjoy. Yes. Um, so how you mentioned that the play is all matched together. What do you mean by that? Um, so there was a certain point where I, uh, I personally thought that the play was just based off of absurdity. It was, there was just so many little bits and pieces that meant that made no sense whatsoever. And you have to take into account that this was a certain type of, um, uh, 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 new genre almost and it's not supposed to really mean anything it can mean something or it can mean nothing it's all up to you and like as the reader and I think that was just very interesting and the way that it's interlinked is the fact that um it's it's just all connected to one single thing which is the question of uh well where is Godot and who is Godot and um in a sense it's kind it's similar to like uh the bible and things like that so i um i took it as being mm, it's <laughs> it's hard to explain 
but somehow it's uh, similar to the like it's similar to the Bible. They have small references and just little bits and pieces that are um, similar. They're not like like they're just very similar to the Bible and things like that. There's different phrases that they use or references throughout the entire play. Yeah, I think I can talk about that for a bit. So uh, I saw Vladimir and Estragon as represented with the two thieves that were crucified along with Jesus. And then the other two characters, Pozo and Lucky, um, represent the two sons of Adam. Of Adam. And um, then there were a bunch of other symbols, like the tree that they were waving at, which could represent um, the tree or cross that Jesus was nailed to, or it could represent um, the shrub that Moses saw in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, I saw like this whole hidden message, um, and that's through the character of Godot, meaning like God. And then that kind of explains the title, which is Waiting for Godot, which is Waiting for God, which means that the character salvation where in the end it never comes but it's kind of like the the readers um on the play itself never actually mentioned Mm -hmm. Um, what were some themes that you saw in the play um so some of the themes that i saw within the play um i saw existentialism a lot i thought that that was a very big, not necessarily aspect, but a very big point within the play. Um, Vladimir seems to contemplate his existence and his, um, his reason in the world. And so does Estragon to a sense, although he does seem to be a little bit more, um, reserved in thinking that way. Vladimir is very open about it. And he just talks about how there's really no purpose and he questions it a lot which leads the reader to also question uh, their existence throughout the play it questions everyone's existence throughout the play actually especially Godot and what his um his main intent is for uh for the characters and like you were saying Godot kind of in a way represents god or salvation and so with um the theme of existentialism i thought that Vladimir uh, being so adamant to wait for Godot, he, like you were saying, he's waiting. Uh, he's waiting for salvation. He's waiting for. Um, well, I took it as he's waiting for redemption, because um, to me, the interpretation I did, like with a religion, was I perceived um, Vladimir and Estragon as um, these two souls. Um, attempting to either go to heaven or hell and they're like on their path trying to figure out which one uh which one they're going to be allowed to go and I kind of viewed where they were where like you were talking about the um the tree or Moses's burning bush I perceived that as um purgatory and Pozo and um what was the other guy's name again Lucky and Lucky I perceived Pozo as being like the serpent in the garden um, where he's trying to like alter and somewhat um, 
mm, he's trying to convince them to act a certain way or behave this certain type of way. And he's also very cruel uh, to, um, to Lucky. And I viewed Lucky as being like um, a damned soul who is forever um, having to repent for his sins and things like that. And Godot, I viewed as God. So the theme of existentialism comes to play whenever they're all questioning th- their their existence and their purpose and reasoning for being a part of this entire um, this re- that specific reality. I see. Um, what were some besides existentialism? What were some other? Uh, symbols or themes that you saw in the play? Um, I saw like a repetition of everyday life. It was just a daily occurrence, some like um, a going through the motions type of thing. Uh, Vladimir and Estragon always sat at the same place, said the same things, waited for the same person or thing. And it's just, it was so tiring. And Vladimir and Estragon seemed to, seemed to know that it was just, it was repetition. It was never going anywhere. It was pointless. And it's similar to like today's life. Like so many people go through um, the motions or um, just everyday occurrences, like nothing's um, new or exciting. It's just there. It's boring and it's, um, it's routine. It's normal. And I saw that frequently throughout the entire play they're always waiting for some for something or someone they're always repeating the same things and going through the same movements and the same dialogue and the same um thoughts and it's there's never any change or if there is it's not very significant it's kind of small to a certain degree So, like you said, it was it was meaningless, like the play, mm-hmm. which in in order to be meaningless, but also have so much meaning at the same time. Mm-hmm. That kind of connects back to existentialism, right? Yes. Yeah. So, like, how if if the play is meaningless and then they're just going through the motions of life, then what is the purpose, or what is their purpose? Um. Well. I think their purpose would be to uh, keep things in a balance. They have to wait for Godot at the same place at the same time every day. It's a it's a routine that can't be disturbed. Or if it is disturbed, it's um, it's like madness and anarchy and chaos is just set afoot. Um, like when the the little boy comes back um, and he talks about how Godot can't show up that day. And Vladimir is somewhat shocked because he assumed that he was going to, that Godot was going to show up this uh, at that time, at that specific place. And Estragon seems to be uh, like, he expected it. He's not surprised. He's not shocked or anything. It's, it's expected. It's known. However, when the next day comes and they do the same things over again and they wait for the same person or thing again and the boy shows up again, Vladimir has a, um, a realization. He, like an enlightenment, he knows that these events occurred before and they're occurring again. 
which leads back towards the religious um, aspect of the theme that it's it's like it like for me I pictured it as purgatory where it's just it's like his own not well in a sense it's kind of like his own personal hell it's a repetition of things which is also towards like the other theme of um things just constantly being the same never changing and um just overall it's all these little themes are just tied together in a sense it's really hard to explain because this is somewhat a complicated play to talk about because to a certain degree there's meaning but also to another there isn't so it overall does have a meaning it just it depends on um the reader and their interpretation of it yeah so you mentioned at the start absurdity and then you just mentioned how every reader has their own um meaning of the book what was your interpretation of it um i interpreted the entire uh play as hmm well i think it was it was just a demonstration of life it was um it was showing the repetition that we as humans go through and the desire to seek redemption with a higher being and never receiving it. So we go through the same motions once again, just to get the same outcome. It's like um, uh, a normality or a habit that just can't be broken. It's, it's so natural and comfortable that we can't break it. And so we just continuously go through the same motions because we're comfortable with that and we don't want to change. We don't want to seek another, um, another way out or anything of the sort. Yeah. The way I took it as is, like you said, like the representation of the monotony of everyday life and how um, going through the course of life one day after the next with absolutely no meaning uh, to it. And then that's kind of represented in the, uh, in the meaning of the play where it has no meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my favorite parts of the play is, um, I think it's Lucky's monologue, which is three pages long with no punctuation and just complete absurdity. What do you think the end of that monologue is? Well, um, I personally found it very tedious to read. Um, I think it yeah. was... My interpretation of that very, very long monologue was uh, Lucky just splurging um, his thoughts and suppressed emotions and things like that that um, don't mean anything to anyone else but him. And it kind of goes back to how this play has no meaning. Uh, It just, it depends on the reader. So Lucky, with his (laughs) um, tedious monologue, um, it has no actual meaning unless attributed to him. Yeah, very well. Uh, so do you want to wrap this up, Uh Yes. <laughs> um, so thank you again for having me as a guest on um, Mind Floss. I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, thank you for your coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Don't forget March Madness. All right.
Peace. Adios.